And this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Disappointing night for BYU fans as they watch the Cougars lose to number 14, Utah, 30-12. Final score, nine in a row. The rivals to the north have won over the BYU Cougars. Welcome in. Going to try and uh, be as brief as we possibly can here. What we're trying to get to is the post-game press conference room. Head coach Kalani Satake will be uh, heading in to the uh, media room coming up in just a few minutes. Also have uh, some players uh, coming in as well. So we want to make sure we get to as much of that as possible. We're going to take a quick timeout. Uh, when we come back, we'll go over a few stats. And if head coach Kalani Satake is at the mic, we'll let you hear from him. Otherwise, we'll uh, kind of continue on. Uh, but uh, we'll have more coming up in just a few minutes. Utah defeating BYU 30-12 to here in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. BYU drops its ninth straight game to the University of Utah. Final tonight from the Bell Edwards Stadium, 30-12, to number 14, Utah. Getting the victory, beginning their season, 1-0. The Cougars now 0-1. First time head coach Kalani Satake has lost his opening game of the season since taking over as head coach. Got a, a big uh, sign on the video boards here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium advertising the next home game. The next home game is in two weeks. That would be September 14th. That's the home game against the USC Trojans. Next week, BYU on the road. This is the only game on the road in the first month against all those P5 teams that BYU uh, was, was facing to begin the month. The only game on the road is next week at Tennessee, and obviously we'll have all the action for you here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. A very odd game because from a, a statistical standpoint, especially in that first half, the game was 9-6. to six. BYU was close, hadn't capitalized on a whole lot. Obviously the pick six uh, was, it was a, uh, a turning point in that first half, but BYU found itself only down by three. But then the second half, it really was total domination by Utah, specifically in the third quarter. And that's what I wanted to focus on here. Just in the third quarter alone, 162 total yards for Utah, 14 for BYU. Let me restate that. 162 to 14 total yards in the third quarter in favor of Utah. Also in favor of Utah. Rushing yards, 89 to 10 to BYU. 73 passing yards for Utah in the third quarter, four for BYU. Plays 21 to 5 in favor of the University of Utah in time of possession. Another stat dominated by the Utes. 12 minutes, 28 seconds for Utah, 2 minutes, 32 seconds for the BYU Cougars. That third quarter, it changed everything. Utah had the ball to start the third quarter. They went down. They were able to score. And that's when you had uh, Tyler, or excuse me, uh, Zach Moss, who was started to really feel it and had a decent first half, but in the second half completely uh, 
really turned everything around, finished with 181 yards rushing on 29 attempts. Again, final score, 30-12. to 12. Hoping to hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sataka, coming up in just a few minutes. We'll take a timeout. If we can, we'll let you hear from him on the other side. Otherwise, it'll come during the Cougar Locker Room Show with Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. We'll take a break, come back, try and wrap things up on the other side on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Number 14, Utah getting the win in Provo over BYU. 30-12 to the final score. That's nine in a row in the rivalry for Utah. I think I'm going to wrap things up for my portion of postgame. Want to make sure we get to head coach Kalani Sataki in his entirety coming up on the Cougar Locker Room Show. All right, that's going to do it. Your final, 30-12. to The Cougar Locker Room Show coming your way next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome into the Cougar Locker Room Show from Lavelle Bridge Stadium on this late Friday night, early Friday morning. Utah 30 and BYU 12 is our final score. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson up top. And uh, Mitchell Jurgens down in the Cougar Locker Room area from which we'll hear from Kalani Satake and BYU players coming up uh, momentarily. First a word from Provo Land Title. Title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Kalani Sitake at the press conference podium now. Made mistakes on, on uh, you know, with our, our, our snap, and we had third and one, you know, and that's a two-down territory thing for me to go forward on fourth if we don't get it on the first down, on, on the third down, so... Uh, the, the lack of scoring touchdowns early hurt us, but um, I, I, I know we've made mistake. We made some mistakes, but you have to give credit to Utah. They're a really good team. That defense is sound. They made some big plays. They, they gave some different looks, and um, they, they were able to control a line of scrimmage, you know, and, and so I think Kyle said that this was one of his best defenses they have, uh, and I saw, I saw it, and I, I, I believe them. And so I think they're a great bunch and a great group of uh, a talent on that team, and I think they're gonna they're gonna make some noise. Looked like Zach was maybe trying to force things, maybe trying to do a little too much. Yeah. What do you say to him after that? Um, I think a, there's a quite a few guys that were trying to do that, make make the play themselves. It, it, it's um, I thought we did some good things in early in the run game and controlling Moss a little bit and making it hard for him. He's a he's a special back, you know, and and um, but. Uh, guys trying to make the play themselves and being undisciplined, and uh, it wasn't just Zach. There were others that were doing that in this game, and and uh, you know we we pride ourselves in everyone doing their 111th, and that didn't happen. So uh, obviously Zach made some mistakes, and he'd like to take some of those back. And um, I want him to stay aggressive, and uh, you know I believe in him, and so we'll, we'll just keep working. Um, proud of the energy and the excitement our guys brought to the field, but. Um, you know, we, we failed to play a full 60 minutes, and 
and made way too many mistakes. And and I, I, I'm just I'm just excited to move on to the next one and learn from this and get going and prep for Tennessee. Tyson Williams with just seven carries was that just the course of the game, or would you like to see that get more? Or? Yeah, I think the the problem was. Um, just uh, not able to sustain drives, really, you know. And and, and I, I thought I'm looking at the, the stats here, and um, just just the, the issues and the penalties and things that were were putting us in bad position. Um, I, I don't. It, it's one of those things that we have to watch a little bit on film and see what we can do to get get the uh, get more points on the board. But at the same time, I I, I don't want to take away any anything from that Utah defense. They did some really good things, you know. So uh, they they made things really difficult for us and. Uh, we were able to get some chunk yards in the run game and everything like that, but I think for the most part they played really sound defense in the run game, and uh, we we thought you know we saw some things that we could really help us out in the pass game, and we we'll just keep working. You know, I I, I don't I think uh, as, after we watch film we'll be able to evaluate a little bit more, but I'll probably have more answers for you next week. How did you spend the way? You're down at that point, nine minutes left in the game. Yeah, we just. Well, we had our guys dry off and get ready for the last nine minutes, you know, and we kind of wait. We're waiting for the time, and I, I thought it was a good time to get a good break and, and trying to get our guys um, amped up for the game for the rest, the rest of the, the fourth quarter. Uh, and then when we took the field, that last drive was just Utah um, really putting their their foot down and, and trying to you know, force feed Zach Moss, and he did a, an amazing job at running that ball. So their O line and and, and uh, and the backs and the tight ends that blocked for them did a great job at, at pushing the line of scrimmage, and and they just drove down the field and really didn't give us a chance to even get the ball back. And so that was a little disappointing from our defense. But I, like I said, I think offensively that uh, Utah just were ready to do that. They were in four minute mode right from the right from the beginning of the nine minutes. Well, you, you guys plotted, prepared for this game for eight months. Mm-hmm. How disappointing is it that you just felt short? Well, it is disappointing, but I'm gonna have to tell you that that our, our um, I don't think things went as well as we wanted to in this game, but the sense of urgency and the the, the fact that our players were prepared and getting ready for this game, um, we knew that Utah was gonna be a great opponent. I still think that that has a lot of carryover in our preparation. We just need to trust our preparation more and 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 focus and. Uh, execute better, you know. But um, like I said, I, the the problem is that Utah is a really good team, and that we didn't really help ourselves with some of the mistakes that we made. That we're not really seen there in in camp, and so. Um, but you have to give them credit for the stuff that they were able to to impose on us, you know. Um, but I still believe that there's a lot of good things that came from getting ready for a, a, a great opponent like Utah and. Um, you know, we, we're going to learn some lessons from this and, and try to answer back. And, and uh, we'll have to get back to, you know, take it out on Tennessee next week. And so we'll take some time to, to get ready to work tomorrow. And, and, and um, it's the only way to, to face this is to work hard and, and do even more to get ready for the next game. Last few questions. Coach, do you think uh, with how this rivalry has gone over the last decade, is there a different level of respect maybe um, on each side? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, we pride ourselves on playing with sportsmanship, you know, and I was proud of our guys, the way they played this game, clean game. Um, I thought uh, Utah did the same thing. You know, it was a, it was a good, hard-fought, clean game. And um, I think there's a lot of respect on both sides. I think there's the crossover and the friendships. And, you, you know, we know a lot of guys on that team, and they're friends with ours. And so 
um, you know, it's a competitive game and a competitive series, but um, just disappointed that didn't go the way we wanted, you know. But, uh, again, uh, now we'll see what we're made out of. How do you close the gap? I mean, again, competitive, but not being able to deliver the home year after year. Mm-hmm. Got to change. Well, the, the biggest issue would be for us to, to get better at taking care of the football. That would be one thing. I, I think if you look at the last decade, um, it, turnovers have been the, the issue, you know. So um, just just errors were the ones that we really can't judge it. If we were giving up 14, uh, two touchdowns on pick sixes and, and fumbling a ball in the red zone and giving the, the, a, a great – team like Utah, those those uh, shortcuts to the field, you know, so um, yeah, we just have to keep working on it, we have to keep working and um, I believe in these guys I believe in our quarterback, I believe in our team and uh, we just have to get better performances in this, I thought mindset wise we were ready to go um, just didn't go the way we wanted so we're going to go back to the drawing board watch film, evaluate and get better and like I said, we have uh, more games left to go and then focus on Tennessee now Thanks, Coach. All right, thanks, guys. But it happens in football, so you, uh, there are games when you, you know, are always on the field, and there are games when you're not. And uh, either way, it's, it's football, and so you just got to go out there and give it, you know, the best you can. Um, but, you know, credit Utah, and, and they played, you know, a good second half. I thought their first half wasn't as good, but, um, you know, they, they executed well. We had some missed assignments in the second half that kind of really, really got us. Um, but overall, I mean, it's, it's just football, you know, whether you're on the field a ton or not. And but. How devastating were those turnovers, the fumble and the two pick sixes? Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. You know, you, don't, you try not to – you want to win the turnover battle, right, in football. And, and statistically, if you turn the ball over more, your, your chances of – um, winning or slim, but uh, like I said, it's football too. I mean, they, they make great plays and um, they have great players, and we just got to do our best to, to respond, you know, to whatever happens, you know, whatever comes our way. Mike, what's the feeling with the offense? Because there were times you moved the ball, couldn't get the end zone, got the last touchdown, but you know, what, what's kind of the sense? What do you feel from the offensive guys right now? Um, I think all of us know we just have to have to finish drives. Um, you know, early on in the game, we knew we could move the ball, um, but once we got into the red zone, you know, we had some crucial penalties that uh, that kind of really killed us and hurt and hurt us, and uh, just kind of some sloppy sloppy ball play, just um, you know, mis- mishandling snaps and things like that. So um, we just know we have to execute way better and uh, and finish those drives and capitalize on those opportunities. What was it like going up against the Utah? I mean, the Utah defense is highly touted, of course. What was it like battling these guys for 60 minutes? It's great. I mean, it's you know, it's it's football. It's you know, um, they have a great defense, but I feel like we have a great offense as well. And um, you know, at times we showed that. You know, we were, we could go toe to toe with those guys. Um, we just couldn't couldn't finish drives and couldn't couldn't capitalize on uh on our opportunities and um that's that's kind of what hurts the most because we we knew we were uh we were offense that can move the ball and that can capitalize on those things but that just uh that just didn't happen tonight 
can say you touched on it a little bit, but was it a little bit frustrating with the way you guys held them so well for that first half, kept them out of the end zone defensively, at least, and then the way they were able to move the ball? Not just that they were able to move the ball, but the way they were able to do that to start with the aura. That was a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Wearing down some, grinding down kind of Yeah, thing. it's frustrating, and I, I think, um, you know, going back to last year, I think the frustrating thing is really just not being able to put together a complete game. You know, really thought the first half was great, and then the second half, you know, um, it, it wasn't as great. And um, I don't know, it's it just it's frustrating, but you know, you you, you just got to find a way, I think. And um, you know, they they ran the ball. Zach Moss is a, a phenomenal running back. I think you know he'll be probably the best running back we'll face all year. Um, runs really well, runs really low, and and uh, you know. Uh, like I said, the missed assignments kind of killed us in, in the, that second half, and that's kind of what is frustrating because those are things that you can control, you know, the, the assignment and the technique stuff. But uh, overall, you know, I think we just, you know, when we put together a full game, we'll, we'll be a great team. Mike, was there a tipping point or change? Did you notice anything like that? No, I don't think so. Um, I think... Uh, you know, the second half was pretty tough for the third quarter. I think we only had the ball once, and um, I think at the time we didn't really realize it. Um, but it just was a uh, was a pretty tough situation, and we uh, we didn't do we didn't do any uh, any good things on when we did have the ball. Um, but I'm the you know the feeling on the sideline, the feeling with the offense was that you know we were going to come back and we were just going to play fast and uh, make things happen, kind of like how we did on the, the last time we had the had the ball, and that was our attitude. Um, you know, even when there was two minutes left, you know, we were, we were still saying we were going to get the ball back and uh, and go out, go down and score. With all the mistakes you guys made multiple times, you yourself in the foot. What was the cause for that, and how, how do you get that better moving Um, I mean, I really don't know. You know, the cause. Um, you know, we we talk about execution. We talk about playing clean, and uh, that's kind of what we try to tip our hats on and uh we weren't we weren't playing clean tonight and we we lacked execution at times and uh that's what really hurts you know the, the defense played really well and uh we spotted we spotted them 14 points on you know two pick sixes so um i feel like if we if we take those away and take away our fumble um, we won't put our defense in such bad situations and uh, it, it would have been a different uh, a different game you guys have been pointing to this game for a long time, so I imagine it wasn't easy going after not putting together the game you wanted. What was that like, and what do you say as one of the recruiters? Yeah, it's tough, man. Um, you know, we... Uh, <laughs> uh, there's something that, you know, like me and Isaiah have been, you know, some vocal leaders this summer, and... Uh, you know, you you work you work all off season for for this game, for the you know for this first game and and against a, against a great team like them and uh, you know you you obviously you know want the best and want the win um, and that's you know it's gonna sting right now but as as leaders and as as guys were saying in the locker room afterwards is that we have to move on because this isn't going to define our season. We still have 11 games to play, 
and I feel like we can we, we will be a really good team we just have to continue to come together and continue to execute and um, and I'm looking forward to 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 learning uh, from this game and to continue battling with uh, with my brothers All right, those were players Isaiah Kafusi and Micah Simon. More of the Cougar Locker Room show continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU's leading receiver tonight, Matt Bushman at the podium. Maybe it just wasn't the, I don't know, it's just, it just sucks. So there's not really much to say about it. It just happened. You guys have pointed at this game for a long time. How do you respond? How did you see guys responding after not having it go your way? Uh, I mean, you kind of just, it was just a weird game. I mean, we were hoping we'd get another chance out there post-lightning delay. They're milking offense. They really milked nine minutes, which is pretty unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it just we, – we wanted to get out there and hopefully just get another shot, but um, you just can't dwell on it too long. We're going to watch our film, correct our mistakes, figure out where things went wrong, and go on from there. I mean, we still have a whole season ahead of us, and we have some good teams that we have to play ahead of us. So we just have to be positive uphill from here and uh, win some games. Zach's always a confident kid, but there were some mis- mistakes I think he definitely won back. What did you see just from him, and how's, how, how's he being at this point after, you know, after the game? I mean, he's a, he's a really smart kid, and he knows his, his stuff on the football field, but I think just like I said, when you're, when you're trying to play catch-up, sometimes everyone is trying to do a little bit extra, trying to Everyone wants to be the hero to make that play, and I think we just tried to. Some of us tried to do a little bit more than we than we needed to. Uh, just execute, take the chunks of chunks of yards that we can get on smaller plays, and then once they start focusing on that, then hit them with a a big play or a, an explosive play. But yeah, I just Zach's. He's positive. He's gonna. He's accountable for. He's going to take more accountability than he probably should, just as the as the guy that he is. And I mean, he's gonna he's gonna figure out how to how to help this offense succeed. Is there a tipping point in this game in your mind? Um, I mean, yeah, like it's hard to say because I mean it was a it was a close scoring game for for most of the game, but yeah, I mean when that pick six happened, the first pick six. That one, I mean, that one hurt us. It was pretty early in that drive and just kind of took the momentum away from us. I mean, our defense is playing hard, but we just, it's hard for them. They have all the momentum. They're doing everything right. We're doing everything wrong. And, yeah, I mean, there were, I feel like there were a lot of momentum shifts where we had opportunities and what-if type plays and type moments, but we just didn't execute and get it done. Yeah. 
All right, that was uh, Matt Bushman, BYU tight end, and that'll conclude our Cougar locker room show from the players and BYU coach Kalani uh, Satake's perspective. We hope to hear from Utah head coach uh, Kyle Whittingham for a short time when we come back as we continue on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, a game that featured a nearly one-hour weather delay, lightning followed by a thunderstorm, ends with Utah picking up its ninth straight win over BYU, 30-12 is our final score. We'll uh, probably wait to hear from Kyle Whittingham during Cougar Nation now, and we'll wrap up the Cougar Locker Room Show for now. And when we come back, we will soon be joined by head coach Kalani Sitake. So the coach will join Riley and me here in the broadcast booth. Once we've chatted with Kalani, we'll, uh, we'll go into Cougar Nation now. And during that time, I look to hear some comments from the opposing locker room and head coach Kyle Whittingham. BYU falls tonight to Utah by a score of 30-12. to 12. And uh, let's tell you how this thing uh, broke down in terms of BYU scoring. 12 points were scored by BYU on two field goals and a touchdown. A touchdown from Tyson Williams to end the scoring in this game. A uh, two-point conversion failed. The two field goals preceding the touchdown from Tyson Williams gave the Cougs their first six points and gave us two more Mountain America field goals. We'll recap them now as Mountain America donates $500 to the American Red Cross. And today the Cougars made two field goals for a running total of now two on the year. And the donation total to $1,000 courtesy of Mountain America Credit Union. And they were a 32-yard Jake Oldroyd field goal and a 37-yard Jake Oldroyd field goal. Those were the Cougars' first six, Tyson Williams the last six, and BYU falls by a score of 30-12. to 12. We'll come back with more Cougar football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Back at LaBelle Edwards Stadium at halftime. Still a ball game. 9-6 Utah led BYU. Interestingly that in the uh, in the first half, BYU had a possession time edge of a little more than four minutes. So BYU plus four at the break and BYU ends up minus, uh, 12, po- minus 12 minutes. So a 16 minute differential in the uh, second half, 23-7, to seven, the minutes of pos- possession time for Utah over BYU after halftime. An entire reversal of fortune. And so for a second straight year, Riley Nelson, the second half has truly belonged to Utah. And that's how the Utes have taken either a deficit last year at halftime or a close game at halftime this time around and turned it into uh, kind of going away as they did here tonight. Just dominating on the field, possession time and yardage and uh, coming away with a comfortable win. BYU players we heard talk about how they, they hoped to get back on the field after the lightning delay on offense. It never happened. Utah's final drive was the final 9:19 of the clock. 14 plays, 68 yards, and every single play in that drive was a rush. Now, granted, most of the plays were clock killers getting to the end. That said, they just ground out the Cougars at the end. Yeah, the you mentioned the game gets away in both second half, but in very different fashions. One was a very energetic and a flurry of scoring plays to overcome a deficit, and then this one it was kind of uh, 
you know, a boa constrictor where they yeah. wrapped BYU up and then they just squoze, squoze, squoze until they held the ball for the last nine minutes and 19 seconds. That was a statement made by Utah coach Whittingham and uh, and their program that uh, they can physically assert themselves in this rivalry and something that uh, despite the turnovers and his, uh, those may have lost us the games, but perhaps the most disheartening element is a team is able to kind of take you up and down the field at will um, by running the ball only. Well, Utah, in winning its, its ninth in a row, uh, does so using some commonalities, uh, that is, scoring defensive touchdowns. Um, but one of the other commonalities we don't maybe talk enough about with Utah is they don't turn the ball over. That's another zero turnover game for Utah in this rivalry. Yeah, and we it, it is absolutely baffling because uh, we talk about we give the ball up, we give the ball up, we give the ball up. Well, what are they doing that they don't give the ball up? And then what are we not doing that we can't seem to turn the ball over? So uh, I know it's a big emphasis within their program, but I also know it's a big emphasis within BYU's program. But we we have to figure a way out. As I look at the players objectively and I see the one-on-one matchups that happen on the field within the 11-on-11 context, I don't see vast differences in explosiveness or size or quickness. Uh, There has to be some kind of, whether it's scheme, whether it's a mentality, whether it's you know, the way they practice that allows to produce for this result because it's gone beyond luck. It's been, it's far too consistent over far too long of time to attribute it to anything like that. They're doing something that uh, it would probably bode BYU, BYU, behoove BYU to incorporate into their program as well. And and, and uh, to, to flip it a little bit, uh, and by the way, there was a time uh, where Utah played three consecutive rivalry games without a turnover, uh, 2012, 2013, 2015 in the bowl game. Then the very next game BYU played Utah, Utah turned it over six times, and still it didn't turn out in BYU's favor. So <laughs> right. BYU, BYU loses it in painful ways, some when Utah doesn't turn it over at all, and some on those rare occasions when they actually do give you opportunity after opportunity, and it's still not enough. That's why it's an infuriating... Um, or, or uh, a frustrating series to have to, to, to narrate only in that there's not one thing you can look at and say, well, if we just do this. Well, sure, you'd, you'd, you'd like you to turn the ball over. You'd like Utah to turn the ball over more than zero times. But even when they do six, what do you do with it? You know, and you, right. don't, you don't win that game. Right. Um, sure, you never led tonight at all, but you also led by 20 points last year. And what did you do with it? So right. it, BYU can't win. Uh, they, they, they've covered every possible scenario. And, and never come up with a positive result. That's what makes it tougher, is that year to year, the weight of it increases because you've done it in different ways. There are some constancies, but there are some things where you just point to and go, well, if we just do this, but that doesn't work. And if you just do this, well, that doesn't work. That's where it's really trouble. And so if you look at these losses BYU's had to, BYU, BYU's had to Utah, one, two, three, four, five now. Five of the nine have been either zero or one turnover for Utah, and BYU's never been positive except in the one occasion when Utah did it six times and BYU turned it over three and still fell short in that one. So there's not a lot you can really hang your hat on right now, and that's maybe right. the frustrating thing. Yeah, no question. It's Like I said, I, I think turnovers are a, or like I have said, I think turnovers are a product of people trying to do more than what's required of them, and so they expose themselves to uh, 
to something negative happening. At some point, BYU's got to let go of this self-imposed pressure and just play loose. I, at this point, it's our only it's our only chance because we continue to come in here and oh, it's going to be a close game and it's going to come down to one or two plays and all these things. And it's easier said than done, but BYU needs to enter this game with a blank slate, realizing that truly, now at this point, there is nothing more to lose. I mean, to go 0 for an entire decade is about as bleak as it gets, and so you might as well come out freewheeling, loose, and and swinging, rather than tentative, tight, and overextending yourself, and and try that and see what happens there. Uh, just uh, to to tail off the, the turnover comment, um, BYU was plus in one of the years, and that was the year where Utah turned it over six times. But in the other games, it's, it's, it's mostly minus, right? Minus one, minus five, minus two, minus one, minus five, minus one tonight, minus three. So that's, that's the one thing that if you flipped it around consistently, you'd say we're going to give ourselves a better shot. It's just too many minuses and just the one plus in those nine losses. And, and tonight, I guess, uh, it, it unders- underscores what we talked about. We'll bring it up with Kalani as he pops on the headset. It's that turnovers are one thing. Turnovers deep in your own zone are another thing, and then pick sixes are yet another. And that's where Utah's been able to do a lot of damage in the last number of years against BYU. Kalani Sitake now joining us here on the headset as the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show uh, starts up from the broadcast booth here in Provo. Kalani, tough one tonight, and, and never one you would have seen uh, finishing the way it did, especially when it was a 6 6 9 6 game in the first half. Yeah, just a, you know, disappointed. On the head there when you're talking about turnovers, so I just, it's interesting. I just walked up into this and when we're talking about turnovers, and that seems to be I mentioned the press conference that that's kind of been the issue in this last decade, you know. So, uh, the fact that it was turnovers and you know, bad field position, um, just way too many miscues and too many mistakes, um, against a great opponent, and they're they're a really good team, and I don't want to take anything away from them. Because I think the thing to say is, well, we made some mistakes, but we're really not going to have it. I mean, it was a competitive game until the mistakes were just compiling on us. And, and uh, that's my fault. I'm the head coach. i got to get that fixed. And, and uh, you know, we um, – I was on the other side. I was at, I was at Utah. That's what we pride ourselves on is trying to create turnovers, trying to disrupt passing, and we couldn't do any of that stuff. And that was frustrating. So, um just excited to go back to work. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get on this right away. I know Zach feels horrible, and he, he's going to want to work right now. So I'm sure we'll text each other and get watching the film. You guys wanted a tone setter on the first drive. You had a fourth and four, and there was uh, very little hesitation about what you wanted to do there. Yeah, and, and um, you know, I think the the throw was the right throw. It was just out of bounds, you know. So, um, you know, stay aggressive. I want us to stay aggressive. Um you know, I, I just I, I want to watch the field, but I want to, I want to break off this down because I think we had some opportunities to get the ball downfield on offense, and we failed to do that. And I thought, um, you know, this, uh, he, you know, I, I don't want to pick on Zach, but he didn't play as well as I thought he would. And we've got to find a way to make it work so he can he can be efficient and, and have an effect in the game. <laughs> Coach, while you can learn a lot from adversity and all of the negative things that happen in this game, you still need to pull out positives and things that you can build on. So my question for you, if 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 you can, I know it's tough at this time when you're still uh, you know processing the emotions of a loss, but what things surprised you or did you learn about your team tonight 
that were positive things that you weren't able to learn over the course of camp? Well, I mean, I thought I thought uh, the energy was there. Our guys were excited. You know, uh, just just have to be able to play a complete game. And, and uh, I thought, uh, you know, Utah showed their, their experience uh, with their quarterback and and with the running back. I thought that I was really impressed with their experience, and we we lacked that. So we lacked uh, poise and control. Walked him out of bounds. I use the same word. I use the same word. Yep. You know, we were calling it the whole time to be smart. We've been in those situations. We practiced that same situation over and over again. And uh, it was undisciplined play. I, I don't know who it was, uh, defensive back. But I might have to look and see if he was the one, the same one that made got the penalties in the red zone and got him on the one yard line. So, uh, so, so Coach, not. No, not to pile on, it was D'Angelo. He was a sophomore. Zach's a sophomore. Da there was a, a period, you know, Z Z Dax took a kick about eight yards deep, came out, got tackled inside the 15. That's what I was going to ask. How much of this can be attributed to a core? Because one of the exciting things about this program is the core of young players. But also what showed in a in a game like this was they were pressing, trying to do too much. And it rarely, against, especially against a solid football program, that rarely um, – pays off for you so um i i guess it's i guess it's live and learn but it, with this young core are these guys i i you and you said you believe in this team but i imagine these guys are going to learn from this and while we may have saw that these guys pressing and making those mistakes in week one it should diminish as we go to week two three and eventually vanish over the course of the season well it comes to a point where um they better learn or else they won't be yeah and if they continue to be on the field and continue to make these mistakes I don't want to lead by fear or make any statements, but I, I will say that the team deserves better than that. Right. And so any bad decisions from everyone, from the coaches, myself, 
um, play callers, the uh, you know every decision that's made on on special teams, defense and offense, has to have an accountability to it. So as we look through the film, we're going to have to call these guys out and. Um, you know, D'Angelo made mistakes, and why was he even in the game to make another one? And yeah. So, and then I hate to pick on the kid like that, but the game, the, the the game belongs to the team, to the fans, and to everyone. And, and it's too important for guys to keep continuing to make mistakes. And um, there's two ways to learn from it: you either stop doing it, or you're eliminated from even giving the chance. All right. So more with the coach Kalani Satake coming up here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Final score tonight, Utah 30 and BYU 12 in a weather-delayed game. And uh, we're now 1.20 in the morning on this Friday morning after uh, an interesting night and a uh, kind of a surreal night in a lot of ways. Utah ends up with a ninth straight win in this particular series. Kalani Satake with some closing comments for us now. And uh, Riley made the allusion to... Um, uh, maybe last year being kind of a quick strike attack by Utah in the second half, and this year being more of a slow boa constrictor squeezing of BYU in the second half. But either way, the second halves of the last two games against these guys have been a rough go for you, haven't they? Yeah, and, and I, I look at the um, the time of possession. 23-7 <laughs> to um, seven tonight in the second half. Couldn't get off the field, you know, and um, whether it was mistakes and penalties and things like that. But um, I, I mentioned before, you have to give Utah a lot of credit. They know what they're – what their bread and butter is on the offense, and that's Zach Moss, and they're going to give him the ball and put him put him behind a a, a physical O line, big O line that's heavy and, and can move move the line scrimmage a little bit, and um, and then the receivers blocked well downfield, you know. So um, it, it was a it was a methodical way of of squeezing it, like you said, like a bow constrictor, and they and they were able to just do what they wanted to do at the end of the game. That that last drive was uh, indicative of. Uh, them being on the field so much, and it wasn't just that last drive; it was the entire second half. And then our inability to keep um, the the ball moving and, and, and inability to score points and have turnovers—it was just a—it was almost all just bad things that happened at the worst possible time. And we didn't respond from all the adversity well enough. And uh, you know, we we be, we have to be able to answer back and, and find a way to perform better. Our fans deserve way better than this, and so uh, I'm looking forward to getting to getting to work and getting ready for the Tennessee game. You've only been involved in a few of them, and the streak is longer than your involvement here. How much does the streak become a real thing that begins to weigh down on the people within the program uh, as it goes year by year? Well, I think it's really difficult for the fans the most. You know, they have to, um, you know, they have to go through that whole thing. I think the Utah fans were chanting that, right, and. and uh, the players are only here; to, they can only play four times in this in this series, and so um, you know there, there are guys that that have gone through their careers that haven't beaten them, and um, and that that's that's unfortunate, you know. So uh, I don't I don't I don't know if that really matters now um, until next year when we get to play them again. But um, we really have to just take over and and, and find ways to take it out on, on Tennessee. As 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 crazy as it sounds, you got to get over this game, and um, uh, you know I, I feel bad for the fans. I think this is a really harsh one. To, to yeah, there's a lot of excitement, and the energy was there. The fans came ready to cheer, and and we didn't do our part. And so, uh, apologize for that. We'll keep working and get better, and 
and get another shot at them next year, you know. But for now, we really we really have to have to um, get things going for the next next game, and that and we can't really dwell on this too long. Last couple of things, and we'll let you run. And, and one of them is this: this is new for you because you were three and zero in 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 season openers. This is your first loss in a season opening game. You've never been zero and one with BYU, so that's new. This isn't an every year occurrence. And the second thing is, last year, uh, your home opening game was a loss to Cal. And you had to go into a really tough place the next week, a place that probably not a lot of people thought you would pick up a result. You went into Madison, and you beat the number six team in the country. Now you've got to cross the country again, take on Tennessee, similar situation. And you saw how your guys responded last year. Yeah, and a lot of the guys that played tonight um, played in that game last year. And the locker room was, you know, we walked in and the players took over. And then I was really pleased to hear, uh, you know, Tree Haas take over it and get the team rallied around it. And, um, really called for the guys to get to get this game, learn as much as we can from this, and let it sting and hurt. Um, but we owe it to our fans and owe it to ourselves to, to really get going on the next one. And uh, as much as this sucks, you know, we we've got to find a way to learn from it and be better. And like you said, we, this team has answered it to adversity before, so now's the, now's the time. Unfortunately, we didn't want to do it this way, but. Um, we're in this situation now, and I have a lot of confidence in our staff. I have a lot of confidence in our players. Um, we just need to make the necessary adjustments and move on. All right. Well, good luck in the bounce back, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate right. you guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Kalani. All right. That is head coach Kalani Sitake. We'll come back here from Kyle Whittingham and bring you Cougar Nation now next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Dollars. Even claims that don't make it to court still cost tens of thousands in defense, along with lost time, anxiety, heartache, and damaged reputations. Legally Mine is helping physicians in the U.S. proactively stop the threat of lawsuits and protect their assets. Learn more at LegallyMindUSA.com. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Football season is an exciting time of year. As BYU fans, we love seeing the Cougs back on the field. We expect seeing injuries on the football field, but occasionally injuries become part of our lives off the field. If you've been injured in an accident, we know what you're going through. We'd love to talk to you about your situation and help you better understand what you're up against. Contact us at SiegfriedandJensen.com and get the answers you deserve. We'll give it to you straight. Go Cougs! Buying a home can be a stressful process, but it doesn't have to be. And I should know. I'm a UCCU home buying expert. Think of me as your personal home buying advocate, a mortgage loan professional dedicated to your home buying experience from start to finish. And with UCCU's low rates, you may qualify for more house for the same payment that you could with other local lenders. So if you're thinking about buying or refinancing a home, talk to UCCU. It's what we do. Equal housing lender. NMLS 407-653. Federally insured by NCUA. You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation now. BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. This is BYU Dining Cougar Nation now. 
Brought to you by BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Of course, referencing the BYU Creamery. We'll have some BYU Creamery Inside Scoop trivia coming up for you a little later on for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. That's still to come. Uh, 30 to 12, Utah's a winner over BYU. Head coach of the Utes is Kyle Whittingham. And intern Nate, Nate Slack, got these comments from the coach a short time ago. Good to get the win. Um, yeah, it's a well-coached team we played. They play hard. Uh, proud of the job Kalani's doing. He's, he's working hard to get that thing where he wants it. And uh, those guys play extremely hard and smart football. Uh, didn't get much going in the first half. Uh, just the one defensive score. Missed the PAT. Uh, special teams were a disappointment tonight. we got to be much better on special teams. Uh, offense didn't get much going in the first half at all. Uh, then they got, got some rhythm in the second half and, and really rushed the football, uh, really exerted their, their will on the, uh, on the defense there, particularly in that fourth quarter. Ran out that last 9-0-1 uh, of the game after the, the lightning delay. Uh, Zach Moss, what do you have, nearly 200 yards, 180-something yards, so great job by Zach. Didn't get a lot of yards throwing the ball, but Tyler was efficient. 13 to 16, so high completion percentage. The one we had to drop for the wide open deep crosser with Keith Heath just turned away too quick, and that would have been another big chunk of play. But I thought Tyler did a great job of taking care of the football, running the offense, and uh, making good decisions. Uh, defense, two defensive scores. Uh, you're not going to lose many football games when, when you can do that defensively. Uh, great job by the defense in the first half. Uh, well, the entire game for that matter, but just giving up the the one field goal in the first, or the one, uh, two field goals in the first half. It was 9-6 at half. It was 9-6. Um, anyway, we got to move on. Yeah, this one's over with. we got uh, a couple home games, and then we get going in the, in the back. So we got a lot, a lot ahead of us, and uh, it's good to get this one on the rearview mirror, and uh, away we go. Questions? How, how crucial was that stretch defensively in the third quarter and fourth quarter where BYU's first three drives, they only had nine plays, 29 yards. He guys forced two turnovers, including... Yeah, the set the tone. Defense. Set the tone for the second half. And, and uh, you know, our, our defense, we got some we got some playmakers over there. We got some playmakers, and they they uh, they played well tonight. Uh, held them down to 100 yards rushing, which we expect to do that every week. And we've got a, a, a very good front seven, front six, I guess you'd say. And... Uh, that's where defense starts at the line of scrimmage and playing the run tough. Can you give us some gauge of how much uh, Zach Moss practiced in August? Or were you surprised? Practice every day. Yeah, practice every day. Now he wasn't uh, in contact, but he was running through everything and and doing uh, you know, doing what he needed to do to stay tuned up for the game. How much of, of that first half, maybe Zach and maybe Britton and Tyler, all, obviously all season-ending injuries, kind of just getting a feel for the game again and. It could have something to do with it, but uh, I don't know. You know, we just didn't get in sync. We just didn't, and, and give them credit. They kept things in front of them, tackled well, and uh, we just never got a whole lot going in that first half. We only had, what, 60, 70 yards in the first half, something like that. So, Is, is Jaden Redding probably where you're going to move forward with? Yeah, he'll be, he'll be the kicker next week, see what he does with it. Yeah, it's his opportunity, and... and uh, you know, uh, Andy Stroud will continue to kick off. He's doing a nice job with his kickoffs. And uh, but uh, you know, we got to have the PATs, and we got to have a you know a 25-yard field goal. Just have to, have to. So Jaden will get his opportunity. And, and Jaden was actually 
in the lead for most of fall camp until he went down with an injury. And it knocked him out for 10 days to two weeks. And so uh, he's still not completely healthy, but, but he's a good kicker. And so between the two of them, we'll find a way to get it done. Kyle, there was kind of a reserve feel from your guys in here. I'm sure they're elated to win, but what does that mean for you in the grand scheme of what you want to accomplish this season? Their reserved feel? Yeah. Or, well, just, I, just that they... I think some of them might have been the rain delay. Yeah. You know, kind of, you're, you're about to win the game, then all of a sudden you got to sit in the locker. What, were we in there, 40 minutes? 30? 54 minutes. So, so that, that probably took a little bit of the, the wind out of their sails, but... but uh, you know they got they got some high aspirations this year, and this is not the end all be all game. It's just not. I mean, it's it's every game's important, but we got a lot of things on the horizon. Andy all right, Andy that's uh, that's the head coach of the Utah Utes, Kyle Whittinghauer. Thanks to Internate for grabbing those. We'll come back and continue with BYU's Cougar Nation now, BYU Dining Cougar Nation now on the new skin BYU Sports Network. <laughs> You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Uh, you can drop us a tweet, uh, hashtag BYUCNN, or just tweet to my handle, or you can even drop us an email. It's kind of like old school, almost like snail mail nowadays, isn't it? Uh, at Cougar Nation Now, or rather Cougar Nation Now at byu.edu. So a few ways to reach us as we kick it around here, Greg and Riley, and now Mitch Jurgens joining us from field level. This is BYU Dining, Cougar Nation. Now, Mitch, long night. Yeah, my long socks night. are wet, and we lost the game. It would have been worth it to have wet socks if we won the game. But to have to go through a a a, uh, a soak a, a soaking one hour delay and lose by eighteen is not so fun, is it? Not ideal. Yeah. Suboptimal, some would say. Suboptimal. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, your wrap up on tonight. So, a couple things. I kind of take um, each side of the ball. Defensively, it, it was pretty crazy what we saw. We saw, in my mind, we saw two completely different defenses. One in the first half, and one in the second half. And it, I, I remember at halftime thinking, I, I'm really impressed with this defense. They played. They played really well. They held Tyler Huntley in check. Um, and for the most, I mean, Zach had some really good runs, but he still hadn't had his breakout game yet. And, and I was really high on the defense. And then the second half came around and it fell apart. Um, guys looked tired. Um, the, the focus wasn't there. The discipline wasn't there. And it, it was, it was pretty alarming to just see such a drastic change from the first half to the second half. Um, and I mean, that's something that obviously needs, needs to be cleaned up. Uh, you need, you know, your seniors to step up and lead the way, uh, with some big plays. And, and so unfortunately you tag in, we didn't have a turnover, which, I mean, you got to have turnovers to help with momentum on the offense. And so that was a little bit concerning, uh, kind of an outtake on the defense, um, offensively one, I'm, I'm comparing stat sheets right now. And at halftime, Matt Bushman had six catches for 62 yards. At the end of the game, final stat sheet, six catches for 62 yards. Matt Bushman was clearly, every time we threw to him, was a playmaker. He, he gets first downs. He's, he has a feel for the game. And I think, you know, offensively, you've got to find ways to get him the ball, get him in space. He's going to make plays. He's going to make contested catches. 
And you've got a plan for that as an offense. Get your playmakers the ball. Um, the other guy that comes to mind is Aleva Hifo. He every time he touched the ball, he's he's an electric playmaker. Playmaker, and you know, on the day had four catches for 40 yards. Um, second half, it was only two catches for 16. And these are just guys you've got to find ways every single drive get these guys two, three targets. Um, you know, if that's where you're going to throw the ball, and so I, I just I want to see the offense be more effective um, in their drives. Obviously, you got to finish them. Need to get to the red zone because once we got to the red zone, we were three for three in scoring. And and we just we couldn't move the ball consistently and um, and for me personally I think you just got to get your playmakers involved and guys that you know are going to step up and and make a big play. Um, the last thing to end on a positive note, I think Jake Oldroyd is a fabulous kicker slash punter, and he's going to win some games for BYU in his career. Um, he I mean both of his field goals were just drilled, and I mean he's he's got a great leg and. And so I think, you know, there's there's positive things. If, you know, we're in closer games, I think we can rely on the kicking game to be very beneficial for BYU. Um, and and that's something that if you get to the red zone, it's, I think, for the first time in many years, this is going to be almost a guaranteed three points if you don't score um, and, 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 you know, score a touchdown and put up six or seven. So, you know, I think that's looking at this game, I take that as a, a huge positive. It's something that BYU has been looking for in the special teams aspect of their game. And uh, so so excited to see what he does with his career. Okay. Uh, as you were talking about Matt Bushman and Aleva Hifo and, 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 and the number of plays they didn't have go their way in the second half, I was reminded that in Utah's final drive, that is just their post-lightning delay drive, essentially that one, they ran one play before and then the rest came after. Utah ran 14 plays in their drive to end the game. BYU ran 18 plays for the half. BYU had an 18-play half in the second half. They, they, they weren't on the field. The offense never had a chance to put anything together. They ran 18 plays over seven minutes. And, uh, and Utah ran nine-plus nine minutes in one drive to end the game tonight. So, so BYU's offense was nowhere to be found after halftime. The two halves, the two second halves of the last two Utah games is about as bad as it gets, actually, for BYU football. And, and yet the two first halves that BYU played last year and this year are halves you can win with. You can win with those halves. And they couldn't finish it out in either game. And I talked a bit about it with Kalani, but th- there's a weight that, 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 that increases year to year. You, you could look back and objectively break down this series and say, should it really be nine in a row? Well, BYU should have expected to make a f- enough plays to not have it be nine in a row, but it is. And the longer it gets, the heavier the weight. And, and, and the tougher it is to do things like finish off a game you lead by 20. Tougher it is to finish off drives with touchdowns instead of field goals. It's, it's something is mentally dragging this team down, I think. And, and I guess we have to play the season out to see how constant it is in other games, but you feel it, and you feel it getting deeper and deeper. And no team's had a longer run than nine straight wins. BYU had one. Utah's now had two uh, nine-game runs. Um, before we get Riley Nelson back in here, a couple of Twitter comments. Uh, hashtag BYUCNN. Maybe we'll throw this to Riley because I wasn't noticing as much as, as David at David C. Barney was. But the question was about BYU rotating offensive linemen so frequently tonight. And I did feel that coming into the game that Coach Jeff Grimes and, and Coach Mateos felt they had a solid seven for five. They had Christensen, Herring, Empey, Hodge, Sully, Aponga, 
uh, Longson and Lachance feeling good about. And you could even add Schof to that as well because uh, he's played before, right? Um, he's had 24 starts. So, so, so eight guys for five spots. Um, and that's not a bad spot to be in necessarily, but he talks about David Barney, that is on Twitter, about continuity and familiarity and those kinds of things. Any thoughts on that, Riley? Yeah, the offensive line didn't, uh, except for struggling at times, but really we never, we, we talked about earlier, we had drives of 9, 12, and 9, and then outside of that, it was pretty much three, four, five play drives. And so there's really no opportunity for an offensive line to get in any sort of productive rhythm. And so I didn't notice much on the pick six. Yeah, I mean, a guy's shoestring tackle, but he was engaged with the lineman and honestly made made a great effort and kind of got lucky by catching Zach's foot and, and threw off the throw on the first pick six. But I don't think Zach was being flushed out of the pocket a ton. I think he did move, but it was more moving to extend plays rather than actually being forced to do that so um the other thing is it was very evident by Kalani. I mean he sat here and said that if the guys on the field are not going to execute if they're not going to make the right decisions and they're not going to produce productive plays they will not be on the field so I got the sense that while it is you know it's uh, unfortunate to still trying to be find your way and find out who your five are or who your guys are against your rival in a big game week one I think that's where the program is at right now and so I, to me, that wasn't a detriment. That definitely wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't a huge uh, factor in, in why the offense sputtered and wasn't able to produce in the second half. Um, but uh, I think they're trying to find their guys still. Question, uh, thanks, Riley. A question from um, uh, Pam at Hayseed68. And uh, the question is, uh, thoughts on why BYU never rushes the quarterback? And it's not that BYU doesn't rush the quarterback. It's that how BYU rushes the quarterback and how effectively are it, they are doing it. No sacks for BYU tonight, uh, on the night. Uh, Utah had multiple sacks and multiple tackles for loss. BYU ends up on the evening with uh, just uh, three tackles for loss, no sacks. Utah, uh, one sack and six tackles for loss. And Coach Elisa Tuiaki talks a lot about different ways to bring pressure and his hope is that his his standard base defense can do it without having to bring a lot of people and so maybe not so much a question of why they don't but why it's maybe not more effective Riley and then maybe uh, Mitch will take a break after that yeah I think um it, it, BYU's in a tough spot in that when <laughs> in order to bring more people if you have to bring more people you've got to pull them out of coverage and BYU is never um, had those man-to-man cover guys go more than maybe one or two guys in a secondary. You need three or four of those guys that you feel comfortable with in order to pull guys out of coverage and get after the quarterback. It It is something, you know, that, that was a comment, and maybe I'll go into a little bit deeper in the next segment, but the schemes were pretty vanilla for me. And when you're vanilla, you're, yeah, they're highly executable, but also your margin for error is extremely slim because, other teams are so used to seeing those, whether it's route combinations or whether it's rush or blitz packages. So I would like to see them get a little bit more creative, but at the same time, it's a cost-benefit analysis of then do we put our secondary you know, at a chance to have, of let, giving up a 60-, 70-, 80-yard pass play. Yeah, and, and I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough stand to take you know, as a coach, and, and what are you going to sacrifice because – I mean, you can't you can't have eight guys in coverage and rush six, rush, rush six guys. I mean, you just don't have enough people on the field. Um, the the one thing that I would have actually liked to see a little bit more pressure put on the quarterback today, and the reason for that is we didn't see Tyler Huntley throw the ball down the field and and take advantage of those um, 
you know, take a shot to a receiver downfield. We didn't see much of it. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it could have been nice. I mean, you look at the matchup and um, th- this could have been one of those games where you do take a little bit more risks just because I don't feel like Utah had the receivers to be able to say, I'm going to win this one-on-one matchup um, that maybe we'll see later on in the season with, um, you know, uh, maybe a more accurate passer um, as a quarterback and, and receivers who, who are used to just catching balls 40, 50 yards down the field. Um, but at the same time, I mean, they, they were quick and they ran the ball a lot. And yeah, you know, I mean, you can't, 16 you can't, attempts. Right. You can't bring, you can't bring much pressure and, and, you know, think to rush the quarterback every time when you just hand it to the, you know, this NFL caliber back that just gets through the line pretty quickly. He's patient. I mean, we saw that. And, and so I don't necessarily think the, the offense that Utah was running specifically fit this pass rush heavy defense um, that, that Tuiaki could have called. And so, you know, it is, it's, it's a toss up on what you want to do, but um, yeah, unfortunately we just didn't have sacks, many tackles for losses and wish it went another way. Utah's rush to pass ratio tonight was three to one and BYU's pass to rush ratio tonight was three to two. Utah was able to beat BYU pretty comprehensively by throwing it 16 times and running a pretty basic game plan. Uh, BYU never led, and you could argue Utah was never seriously threatened um, in, in this game. They were not down 20 points at any point like they were last year. And so um, it was, again, comprehensive, I think, is the best word for it, and, and not terribly complex in the execution. They were just that good. We'll take a break. We'll come back, get you a trivia question for some uh, famous BYU Creamery ice cream. Is the BYU Dining Cougar Nation Now program continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. From Twitter, at Greatness, I think it's my friend Alan Ray from Canada who has two questions, one for Riley and one kind of general. We'll ask the general one first, then the one for Riley. The general one is, uh, what are the rules for when a sliding runner is a defenseless player? Doesn't change the outcome, but does change my understanding, he says, which is currently as soon as a slide begins. And in the NCAA rulebook, Examples of a defenseless player include but are not limited to, and then you come down to a ball carrier who has obviously given himself up and is sliding feet first. I think the question a lot of people are referring to are one of Zach's slides in the first half, and that was almost a double clutch slide. It was like he thought about it and then thought about running and then thought about sliding, and I think it was in that moment of hesitation that uh, 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 I think a defender had already committed, but either way, by the rule book, when you've obviously given yourself up and, and are sliding feet first, you become a defenseless player at that point. Uh, the specific question for Riley is, separate from playing, is it harder as a fan or broadcaster to take an L like the one tonight? <laughs> uh, it's way harder as a player. However, there is an element that is more difficult, and that is, at least in a player, you know, I, I always equate this to a boxing match. R- Rocky got his face beat in by Apollo Creed, right? And Adrian and, you know, Adrian was saying stop the fight and he's mixed saying throw in the towel, but Rocky still feels like he's got a fighting chance even though his eyes are closed. As a player, you have that same kind of sentiment. You may be down, you may be, you know, in an uncompetitive situation, but it's like at least if we get the ball out again, at least we got a fighting chance. When you're a fan or on the broadcasting end, you have no part in what's going on. You have complete 
another lack of control. And so there, there's an element of helplessness. I never felt helpless as a player, as a fan or as a broadcaster. Uh, there, there are certain situations like that you know, final nine minutes, 19 seconds, where you felt helpless for your team, and, and that can be somewhat disheartening. But at the end of the day, much harder as a player, but still elements of it that are hard as a fan. But how about between fan and broadcaster? Uh, harder as a broadcaster. I mean, we, we make investment here. We sit, we're talking on the air. It's almost two o'clock in the morning and we got here at four o'clock in the afternoon and we have a lot more, at least me personally, a lot more invested in the team as a broadcaster than I do as a casual fan. If I was, I, I, you know, I may get some flack for, for doing this, but the casual fan in me, probably turns it off at the lightning you know if i'm home alone i probably turn it off at the lightning delay and go to bed because i have work in the morning so uh broadcast so in that in no order player broadcaster fan i got good stuff okay uh trivia time uh for two half gallons of famous byu creamery ice cream it is now our byu creamery byu dining cougar nation now inside scoop trivia question and this question will uh deal with the team byu plays next what team is that mitch Tennessee. Tennessee Volunteers. The Tennessee Volunteers have on their coaching staff a former Heisman Trophy winner. Who is it? Identify that Tennessee coach. And you, well, be first, be the first person to identify that Tennessee coach and, uh, and, and drop us a tweet or drop us an email and uh, have the correct answer, and you'll win two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. If you're going to use the Twitter, use hashtag BYUCNN. If you're going to email us, go Cougar Nation, or rather, yes, Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation now, two ends, at BYU.edu. We'll see what uh, comes through the Internet after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Long night, early morning. Not sure how you want to look at this one tonight, but uh, it's almost 2 a.m. and BYU falls to Utah tonight uh, by a score of 30-12. to 12. We have a winner in our Inside Scoop trivia question, Tim Eddington. Congrats to you. I'll be uh, DMing Tim and uh, getting his deets to get him two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. The question was, and he had the answer quickly, by the way, guys. The question was, which member of the Tennessee coaching staff had won, has won a Heisman Trophy? Have you researched the answer yet, Mitch? I'm researching it now, <laughs> and I still have not found it. And Riley chose not to research it, but uh, the answer, Chris Winky. Oh, Chris Winky. State fame. He's the quarterback's coach for Tennessee and, of course, won the Heisman Trophy in 1990 at Florida State. Then later played seven years in the NFL, has won a national championship as an analyst for Nick Saban at Alabama, and now he's at Tennessee as the quarterback's coach, Chris Winky. There you go. Okay. So we've all learned something tonight, haven't we? There we go. All right. Folks, that's going to do it as we hit near uh, 2 a.m. Thanks for being with us through this long night. Longer night than normal, thanks to a one-hour rain and thunderstorm delay that made Mitch's socks wet. They're wet. <laughs> they are. And it was also Riley Nelson's debut on the broadcast crew. It's unforgettable in a lot of ways because of what transpired. Unforgettable in not a great way relative to the outcome, but Riley, we're off and running. Definitely. Can't wait uh, to quote Bill Belichick. On to Tennessee. <laughs> on to Knoxville. Yeah, we're on, on to Knoxville. Knoxville. Yeah, we're on to Tennessee. We're on to Tennessee. Good stuff. All right, so for uh, Riley Nelson and uh, Mitchell Jurgens and Jason Shepard, who left us earlier as our studio host, uh, let's thank all the crew that uh, made tonight's broadcast possible. Back at BYU Radio, 
Control board operator doing yeoman's work. Tanner Rawl. We had our uh, coordinating producer, senior coordinating producer, and sports coordinating producer, Terry South. We had our interns, uh, Hayden Wallace and uh, Jeff Carroll and Max Clark there as well. Uh, appreciation to engineer Sean Fay, who was both there and here and everywhere in helping things happen tonight. Our broadcast crew here in the booth, I gave you the guys that talk a lot, and then we give you the guys that you don't hear so much. That's our engineer, Barry Squires, our engineer, Blake McMullen, our intern, Nate Slack, and our intern, James Havel. So for everybody, and I think that's everybody, right? Got everyone? You got them. Yep. And even and, and an, an, un, an uncredited cameo from Mark Lyons, who came into the booth before the game. That tonight. was right. It was very great to see Mark, a little bit of, at least for me, a symbolic passing of the torch as he came in right before kickoff and wished me well, and it was good to see him. Yep. So for everybody, my name is Greg Grubel. Thanking you for tuning in, saying we'll talk to you next, at least from a football standpoint, from a Knoxville and the University of Tennessee. The Cougars play there in nine days, maybe eight now since it's Friday, after all. All right, so Cougars and Volunteers next up. BYU 0-1 looking to even the record on the season, and the Vols will play uh, Georgia State this weekend. If you want to scout the Vols, uh, you can watch the game on ESPNU. And that'll be Saturday afternoon at 1.30 Mountain Time. So for everyone, my name is Greg Grubel saying in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stauffer. BYU football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.